Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're gonna go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast, and now here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hot Toddy. Venomous Vinny. Good to be with you again, folks. We are having a roundtable discussion this evening about, um, I don't know. I mean, would you call this a popular character? I mean, it's popular in the lexicon. There's 57 movies. 57? <laughs> That's probably a fair number. Fair number. I think they're about up to that on Nightmare on Elm Streets by now, aren't they? <laughs> um, no, we're going to talk about the mummy and um, mummy movies in general and mummies being in movies and mummies having their own movies and you take your pick. We're going to talk um, mummies and not like the annoying girl in the Critters t-shirt that kept talking about her mummy. Talking about her mother uh, that we saw at a con, Professor. Um, that got awkward quick. Uh, really awkward. So, no, we are going to be talking about a good old-fashioned Egyptian mummies. So, um, obviously, for me, I mean, we come into this episode and we're thinking about, um, what's the iconic? It's Boris Karloff. You know what I mean? When we mm-hmm. think mummy, when you think universal monster, you think Boris Karloff. Um, but he was only in three mummy films, wasn't he? No. He was only in one. One. He's only in the first No, one. he played the mummy three times. No. Karloff? You're thinking Lon Channing. Yeah. <clears throat> well. Karloff was only in the first one. I could have swore he played him in other movies. Nope. Well, I am wrong, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> I would like you to get out of my house. Um, so, okay. So, obviously, we always think Boris Karloff, but Boris Karloff was only in one. 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 And ironically, the makeup for about, what? 30 seconds yeah, on screen. Yeah, not long at the, all. The mummy that you think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, getting into these films, uh, what I enjoyed about watching all of these, because I'd only seen a couple, um, we'll talk about that, but what I really enjoyed about getting into these is as a kid, I was crazy about Egyptian culture and mythology and way of life. Um, were you guys, did you guys like Egyptian stuff as a kid? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Bengals were hot. Walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> well, I think that there's always. I think there's always for any kid that like. 
I, I think we all fall in the same category as kids. We were into weird shit that not everybody else was, like UFOs, Bigfoot, and all that. And I think always it, the Egyptian stuff always somehow finds its way in there. Yeah. Well, and I didn't want to steal a segue if that's what you were doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason I was so interested in it is because in the, the you know where we grew up in Indiana, in our particular city, we have a mummy. And mm-hmm. I used to request almost weekly to go to it. Because at a young age, from around five on, I was enamored with these films because they gave me, and we'll go more into this, but they gave me more on-screen time of, mm-hmm. the, of our, you know, the monster that I liked yeah. than the other films did for the most part. And then I could go in within the city that I lived in and go look at, you know, a setup in a, in our museum and just have my mind blown by it. And that was. I think part of the direct attraction along with some other ingredients that made me love these films so much when I was younger. Mm-hmm. That's at the Wayne County historical museum in Richmond, Indiana. And does Earlham have one also a or museum would... or a mummy, a mummy. I know they have a museum. I don't think they have a mummy. Yeah. I'm not positive. Well, uh, I, I always know. just knew the Back one checkers. for sure. Uh, we got our, our folks <laughs> back in the studio here. Uh, we'll have them check that out. Um, yeah, I think, I think too, uh, Probably more than the, maybe initially was, Indiana Jones, I think, probably got me into, because he was always in some kind of yeah, tomb. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think from there, like, you know, those movies are cool, so then, like, any kind of movie. I've probably seen that before I saw The Mummy, that I can remember. Well, and I can remember being a kid, my, my grandpa always had a subscription to National Geographic, and seeing, like, the King Tut burial what the burial case or whatever the mm-hmm. sarcophagus seeing that and flipping through that and just being blown away by it so i think a lot i actually these movies in general i think owe everything to the discovery of king tutankhamun's they were made because of it yes yeah because it was a sensation yeah in the 20s when that stuff was found yep. and i to, it really has never died off and that's why you have so many theaters decorated like like that mm-hmm. back, especially in the Hollywood area, that kind of branched out across the country as movies became more popular. But, I mean, that whole craze hit, I think, 1922. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the, I mean, that's basically the genesis was the craze of that for Universal doing this first film, which we'll go more into here in yeah. a second. But yeah. Uh, our interns have got back to us with the information here. <laughs> um, you are correct, Professor. There are... Two mummies in Richmond, one at uh, the Wayne County Historical Museum and the other at the Joseph Moore Museum at Earlham College. The only other mummy in the entire state of Indiana is at the Indianapolis Children's Museum. Wow. There's three in the whole state, and we got two of them in our hometown, baby. Wow. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you, interns. Yes. Yes. Hard work. Hard at work. Um, You guys want to open any other initial thoughts before we start diving into the individual films themselves? Um just that these movies at times can be low hanging fruit, but I love them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. We can start going through them. Yeah. These, like any of the other films, I mean, any of the other icons, whether it was uh, vampire films or Frankenstein films, they've, they've got their high spots and their definite low spots. I yeah. mean, just, but that's, what's going to happen when you make several films based on one mythology. Yeah. Um, so, uh, any other thoughts before we dig in? I don't think so. Just All right. Meat of it. Good enthusiastic crowd here today. <laughs> uh, let's start with 
Universal's 1932 mummy film. Professor. Uh, that's where they, they started it off uh, for the franchise that would, uh, you know, immediately after this be completely different mm-hmm. than this one. Yeah. Um, let's be honest, this is a letdown initially, oh especially gosh. if you're younger, to watch this. Uh, because you are thinking of the traditional shuffling, killing mummy, and this is not that at all. What this is, is uh, basically cashing in on multiple things at once, trying to either recreate, or as we mentioned with the discovery of King Tut's tomb, um, going with the Egyptian craze, but also the success of Dracula and Frankenstein. I thought a lot of Dracula. In- That's, uh, this is repackaged Dracula. And this is a direct recreation of that. Carl Freund was a cinematographer and he basically lifted Dracula and made it Egyptian because you have, you know, our main threat who is timeless. I mean, how old is he? He's been around, he doesn't die. And he's after, you know, our, our main female that we put in and now, and it's a common trait within these films to have kind of a reincarnation of the mm-hmm. princess that they're after in oh, the yeah. modern woman. Yep. Um, but at the core of it, it's duplicating Dracula mm-hmm. in its own way. Now, with that said, I think that as a viewer gets a little older, they appreciate more of what's going on in this film. Uh, but if nothing else, even if you find the film boring, I think it's interesting to watch it from the angle of how it compares to Dracula, because I mean, even down to something as simple as Bramwell Fletcher freaking out with the laughter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dwight Fry. Oh yeah. I mean, we're, we just duplicate in so many ways, Dracula. Um, but the difference is, is that Todd Browning with Dracula wasn't that well equipped for a sound film yet. Mm-hmm. And so that one drags a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is much more stylized, uh, it's it's it moves more because Freund's main claim to fame was the moving camera. Mm-hmm. He had him on the dollies and stuff, and that was kind of a big deal at the time for him. So this movie is much more mobile than Dracula, which I always like to point out the scene in that where they're standing on the the back uh, patio of the house and they say, "Look, a wolf," <laughs> and you just watch them look at the wolf. <laughs> it just doesn't move at all. And so with this. It's interesting, A, because Karloff's wonderful, um, and it's it's a stylized film. It's bringing in German cinematography and putting in this in, in this movie. But I, I will say, I can remember seeing this for the first time after I'd seen some of the sequels and just being, ugh. Mm-hmm. But I, I've come to appreciate it in a, in a much different way in older age. All right. All right. Hot toddy. He kind of summed up everything, and and for me it was it was so much Dracula that we didn't even see a lot of the mummy, because he's he comes out and then a, a few years later he's like a good looking like kind of like Bella Lugosi, so he can seduce the ladies I guess. Move, move. But and, instead of just like a like a straight up monster movie. And the heavy emphasis on the eyes, you just maybe think of that with the glowing in on the eyes, like we did in Dracula, we did in the Mummy, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, besides the picture of him when he's wrapped up, which is arguably the so most iconic, so iconic that that scene of him in the sarcophagus, mm-hmm. that first shot, and with Carlos features, it looks great. Yeah, and to take that and then be like, okay, we're all done with that after one scene. Yeah, 
but I do still like the old age makeup that they did on him. Mm-hmm. Like That's I'm all, I'm wonderful. always impressed by when you think about when they were made. Because a lot of people, you know, all the effects are this or that. I think the special effects back in the day, like, outdid themselves. But Jack it's Jack Pierce's makeup, both of them in that movie on Karloff, they're both great makeups. But as a whole, this movie, the I will say The Mummy is my, probably my least favorite of the Universal franchises and Universal monsters. Um, this is, I can, I, well, I don't revisit this particular movie very often because I generally revisit the universal monster movies, if not annually biannually. Uh, and if I'm going to watch mummy stuff, a lot of times I skip right over this one. Yeah, I think too, it's, it's a weird first movie because I think people remember, they might think it's the first film, but I think people remember the sequels more. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, every time I rewatch this, I'm reminded why I don't watch it very often. It's it's just the same reason why I don't watch Dracula very often. It's yeah. just it really drags. And I mean, this is a short film and it still just drags. Um again, echoing exactly what you guys said about Karloff, uh his makeup, his acting, I mean, just fantastic. I mean, he's an icon, you know, um, a one shot actor. He always did things in one take. He, he refused typically to do any more. Um, and I realized where I was getting confused. He played Frankenstein three times. Yeah. yeah. That's yes. it. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one thing I really did like about this film, one of my favorite shots was when they were doing the funeral procession in ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. That's a cool shot, which gets recycled. Yeah. And a million times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but specifically right in the next film in mummy's hand. Um, they recycled that, but, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, it starts the mythology that is always the, uh, typically a a priest is caught in some forbidden love with someone associated with the Pharaoh and they get a dishonorable burial, usually tongue cut out, buried alive. And it's, it's a great origin piece. I mean, the really it's uncomfortable as you're watching him be wrapped and buried alive in the sarcophagus. And then, all of the burial scenes out in the desert. Like there's a lot of cool cinematography in this. Um, but as a whole, I just don't think this movie stacks up to the other universal no. legendary pictures. I, I agree completely. And I think part of that is them finding their footing on, you know, horror mm-hmm. and storytelling because we're still relatively young at that point, because at the core of this, you have a vampire movie and it's just about how it's told and sold. And so when you basically watch an older guy walking around, it's easy to forget like this dude is basically a ghost or a vampire. Mm-hmm. And, and so in the, in the grander scheme of things in a wider scope, it's, it's chilling, but really not in the moment up until the end when you see like, we're going to get. And honestly, had they done, had they do. done with this picture, what they did with the sequels with the mummy character, Karloff would have just been playing another Frankenstein monster. Again. Yeah. Silent, shuffling, you know what I mean? Lumbering around. So, Yeah, it's a nice showcase for him. Yeah, for sure. Else. Sure. But even too, uh, and I jotted it down here also that uh, on copying Dracula, you even have Edward Van Sloan and David Manners, both of who were yeah. in Dracula, yep. basically playing the same yep. character. I mean, it's mimicked down that much. Yeah. Um, one other little thing I always get a kick out of that I want to make sure I mentioned is when you have the slaves out working 
at the end of it, at the end of them chanting and singing while they're working, if you listen, the last thing they do is uh, sing "What the hell," and I don't know how that got through the censors because <laughs> pre-code or not, they wouldn't have let that yeah. be in there because it's nonsense. But they're like, "What the hell is it?" <laughs> it just pops up in there. They're just <laughs> having a good time on the set. So yeah, if you do decide to check that out, keep an ear out for that. Nice, nice. Well, should we jump into the next film? I believe so. All right. Moving right along to The Mummy's Hand. Which year was that? 1940. 1940. Eight years. Universal second cycle. Okay. Gotcha. And so uh, who plays The Mummy in this one? Tom Tyler. Tom Tyler. Western star. Yeah. Also like Glenn Strange with Frankenstein. Uh Uh-huh. Have these uh, Western crossovers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mummy's Hand. A lot of recycled footage in this film. A lot of new footage, though. Yeah. <laughs> a ton. But, well, it's funny because as they go through the origin story again, they completely recycle the footage they already had from the original, except for close-ups. They would close in on the new actor. But as they're wrapping the face of the mummy, that's still Karloff. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. Um, I like that they had Wallace Ford in it from Freaks, mm-hmm. Todd Browning's Freaks. He was in a ton of great movies. Yeah. I think the look of the mummy in this movie was just so. Again, I guess it's because we see it more. But it's what you're expecting when you yeah. go to see a you know see a movie called The Mummy. I you know. And 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 it's really weird when I was watching this one. Um, I kind of saw more of the remake. I guess the 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 '90s mummies, the the Brendan Fraser. I, f- I felt they took more from from the sequels than the. I agree with that too because this one is because I haven't watched this one in a long time. And I forgot just how much comedy is in this. Yeah. And and that does liken more to the remake with and, Brendan and Fraser the, with the, the lighter tone. action lead, too. Like, mm-hmm. like he even kind of, I feel like Brendan Fraser kind of looks like the guy mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. So with this film, we not only have come back into the second cycle that Son of Frankenstein basically birthed because the studio had not put out decent horror movies and was kind of in financial woes, especially with Limley Jr. taking over. Things didn't start to pan out the best. Son of Frankenstein did great. We then begin the onslaught of just dozens and dozens and dozens of horror movies a year. And with this, we finally get what everybody really wanted back then. I don't think audiences were really ready for it, but this is basically in many ways drawing from what really happened with the discovery of Tut. Mm-hmm. And then going with fiction from there, the fiction that everybody wanted yeah, and still want when they put on a mummy movie. Because it's absolutely more of a reboot than a sequel. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, a different, it's a different mummy. A, it's a different mummy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just completely and different. And I can almost forgive it with there being an eight-year gap, especially in a time where there was no home video. There we yeah. go. So eight years after a movie has been out, do yeah. you want to start over again? All right. I when I watch the first Mummy, it's because I'm interested in watching the beginning classics, mm-hmm. or because I'm interested in watching Karloff classics. When I watch Mummy movies, I start with this one, um, and so with this, we mimic much of what really happened in terms of the discovery, an archaeologist going out there. I think it was um, Valley of the Kings where it really was found. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it's Valley of the Jackals or Seven Jackals. I mean, just things that are tweaked a little bit, but it's obviously based around that. Something also I want to point out 
is the guy that helped bring that to the screen is a Richmond, uh, Indiana alumni, mm-hmm. uh, Griffin J who, uh, went to RHS, uh, co-wrote this and the next one and a string of other horror movies. Um, not exclusively universal, I don't think, uh, but just another bizarre tie in to our hometown with these mummy movies. Um, but with this one, we finally get an ass kicking mummy that we want. Um, the, it drags a little bit getting there, but that's okay. Um, because the movie still doesn't run an insane length of time. None of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tom Tyler was a cool mummy and the measures that they went to with his eyes and mouth, yes. blacking it out frame by frame, yeah, frame by yeah, frame. That was so cool. Is really cool because it's not an exact science. So it almost looks like the black is wiggling, mm-hmm. which obviously is unintended, but works all these years mm-hmm. later. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, where do you guys stand on this in comparison? Like once we get underway with a more fun mummy movie as compared to the first one, I was confused because I thought this was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, in the scheme of things you now, after having watched all these, if I feel like sitting down watching a universal mummy movie, it's going to be this one. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I feel like this is where they, to me, this is what people think of as the mummy. I agree with that. Yeah, and I think it's Which is so weird for funny. a sequel. But it, yeah, and it's so funny that it ties in so closely with the time frame of Son of Frankenstein because you guys know Son of Frankenstein is my favorite Universal Frankenstein mm-hmm. movie. Um, so it's interesting that it's like with this the second cycle, it's like marketing to guys like me. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm like, oh yeah, that's good stuff right there. Because <laughs> they're more cool. fun movies. Yeah. In fairness, I mean, because yeah. Son of Frankenstein did well, and they're like. Well, and they've let's had, dip back into all our properties. And they've had how many years since talkies to really refine the movie making process too. Yeah. So of course you're going to get a slicker, better packaged storytelling on film after that. After that amount of time has passed with that kind of uh, definitely. I I will also point out that uh, every Universal monster kills people by choking them to death. <laughs> yep, yeah. that's a recurring theme. Yep, choking them out. I feel like this was the birth of a lot of uh, a lot of movies, like like in more so than the first one, but Indiana Jones and because mm-hmm. again, like there was some comic relief with like the the main characters and you had like uh was his name Steve was the main character, mm-hmm. uh, so he was like the little action adventure and romantic lead, and then like watching the monster, like I I never really thought about it, but watching the the franchise, I saw a lot of like stuff that we grew up on, like. Like even like Michael Myers mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Jason, yeah, and a lot of the silent killers where, uh, like where Frankenstein's kind of this big klutz walking through. Like the mummy kind of stalked you out, and I know everybody always jo- jokes that you just run away, but I think a lot of times like he was so quiet, he crept up on you, didn't even. Mm-hmm. It was more the shock, I guess, of him that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to address that in the sense of it has a lot of those same characteristics, which was great for me in the eighties because I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of those movies mm-hmm. yet. And I, right. but I knew what they were. And so I got some of that satisfied with the mummy movies. Mm-hmm. And it has always cracked me up when people uh, want to clown about how slow he's shuffling, but then they'll be forgiving of Michael Myers and you turn around and he's four miles in 10 seconds right. or Jason is now up on top of the building. When you look up, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's all about what you want to be forgiving and on it if you're enjoying it. I yourself. think like them too, he's like like the mummy in this movie's an unstoppable force. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like once once it sets out 
Oh, and that the uh, when we get towards the finale and he's getting shot, those black eyes are coming at you. Yeah. They're almost like a great white, just lifeless killing machine that they. It's just has all the rage. My wife's grandmother you. is in her eighties, and uh, <clears throat> she. I believe this was the film that she saw as a young girl and scared the hell out of her. And it's one that has stuck with her to the point where if you're talking about it and you say something about the mummy, she'll say, well, we don't use that word in this house. (laughs) And she's dead serious. Stuck with her. Like it really stuck with her. And I always remember kind of chuckling to myself and being like, really? Like all these, but then with this movie in particular, with the blacked out eyes, the way they shot him in shadows on those close-ups, yeah. with his hand coming out, I'm like, you know, if you're from an era where because we, we're, they, we're surrounded by imagery everywhere now. Yeah. I mean, store shelves, videos, it's everywhere. We've all been around scary imagery our entire lives. Back then, you were not exposed to this kind of thing. So I imagine being in a dark theater and seeing that on a big screen. I imagine that was unearthly and terrifying. Oh sure. yeah, I feel sure. like, and, and it's not exactly a jump scare, but I feel like for the time period, this was more of a jump scare, like the the way they would frame him and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it had. I mean, it's just it's just that much more of a film that is enjoyable to watch than the first one was. You know what I mean? Certainly. Because of all these things that we're talking about. Um, the blacked out eyes definitely one of my favorites. They also they they kind of recycled even the death in this one by fire um, mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. first film. This one he was he was taken down by a burning brazier, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him with that burning bra. <laughs> um, but uh, we also changed his name in this one. Um, yeah, he's Karis now yeah. instead of was it Emotep, Emotep in the first mm-hmm. one? Uh-huh. Yeah, which which. And again, I don't know, but like, like even the Exorcist, you think this was a, a callback to the Mummy, the Father Karras? Father Karras, yeah, 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 maybe. Who maybe. again was like into the same type of stuff that our our lead guy would be into? Yeah, you know, Father Karras was over in Iraq during those excavations and stuff like that. Yeah, or Syria, if you will. Um, I'm gonna pick up my brains off the table because y'all just blew them. <laughs> maybe Father Karras was a Mummy priest. Could have been. Whoa, whoa. Ah, easy, easy. But yeah, I think, well, I'm blowing my own mind here for a minute. Wait. All right, I'm stopping. How about I'm the good. fact that this movie is only an hour and six minutes long? Yeah, another reason why I love all these sequels. You they're all pretty short. Yeah, they're all short. But yeah. can you imagine? I would smash the concession stand glass if I went to a movie now and paid. And only got an hour and six minutes out of a film. We grabbed uh, what was the last one? Shark Exorcist that ran, which was an hour too long. But. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, but, yeah, but it moves so much quicker because it's only an hour long, so it's it's a much more enjoyable watch. Yeah, and there's action, and mm-hmm. you're having fun, and there's a mummy. Yeah, unlike the first <laughs> film. Uh, one other thing I do want to point out about this one that I think uh, is wonderful about it is that. This is one of the rare times when a cheaply made film doesn't feel like it. It feels big yeah. uh, because we have desert settings in the, the locale where this is made. It's not that hard to go recreate some of those. And then the the finale in the temple has big crane panning shots. 
that doesn't happen too much more in universal horror movies. The reason that happened here is because that was a set used in James Whale, uh, director of Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, so on. He was making a movie called Green Hell, a South American adventure film, and that was left over, and it just kind of fit perfect. They painted over a few things, and so you have... Oh, the one with the cannibals and the kids, like the plane crashes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but... So it gives it a much more big and rich feeling for the finale of that than it usually does in these films. Um, it's more controlled and, and on set, whereas in this, it just it feels a little bit more adventurous, mm -hmm. which I think is important to point out. It's it's a nice kickoff for a sequel mm -hmm. because it feels like they were throwing a lot of money at it and they weren't. Yeah. It's just things lined up well for it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Should we roll into the next Universal Mummy film? Mm -hmm. Every time I look at you, Todd, you look like you already say one more thing. <laughs> I'm like, huh? What? Huh? Huh? Stop. Stop. <laughs> All right. Next film. Mummy's Tomb. What year was this one? 42. 19 and 42. And, or Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, as I started watching this film and was like, is this whole movie uh, the last movie I watched? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it's it's an hour like an hour and one minute. And when the mummy and goes, twenty minutes like the, or so. Flashback. I looked at it. The first twelve minutes are ninety, and I think I'm being kind of saying ninety percent recycled footage from previous movies. And 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 let's be real. I, I think we knew what it draw. Well, other than the last movie was excellent. Was Lon Chaney like now? Like we have a name in the mummy suit. Yes. I remember when the mummy goes, garbage day. <laughs> I was like, man, this is out of hand. <laughs> Ripping off Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Go ahead, Vinny. I just jammed you up. You, you, had, great, I know. you had great thoughts. I'm, bit, I'm busy laughing right now. Uh, yeah, so we do have Lon Chaney Jr. now as the monster. The legendary Lon Chaney Jr. And you cannot tell that that is Lon Chaney Jr. playing yeah. that character. When he plays the Frankenstein monster, it's Lon Chaney Jr. playing yeah, the Frankenstein yeah. monster. Oh, yeah. But this, you cannot tell that's who that is. Which, which again, to the... Like, I, I don't want to totally rip on the new ones because there is good stuff, but... Man, like, the makeup job they did in the 40s and 30s of The Mummy... Looks great. Way outweighed the yeah, CGI. It, it looked they, they dried up. It, yeah. You know? They even, like, to the point where there's... When they tussle... You see dust coming off of the mummy. Like, they paid attention to some shit in these movies. This is a direct sequel. You know, a very direct sequel mm -hmm. to the previous film. And the fact that we actually have recurring characters. Yes, you know, same actors. And, and this is one of the only times in Universal monster films, besides the monsters. Where it's the, where it's the exact character played by the exact people, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Well, And, and not only that, but like my, my thought went back to also like movies we grew up on. That I, I feel like this movie created a lot of stuff that we watch later, where not only do the characters come back, but they get killed early on. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is you know I wasn't very similar to the like you know Friday Part Two and Friday yeah. Part oh, Three yeah. rip this off. You know they come back, they're retell trying to retell the, the story, story, and then kill off the characters. Uh, the mummy yeah. in this movie looks like Prune Face from Dick Tracy. <laughs> 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 this film, uh, I enjoyed this film. It was fun. Um, a little more, even a little more action than the previous film. Uh, uh, I, I think the coolest part for me is that it, it went to London. So instead of, uh, I mean, not that, not that we grew up in London, but it's still scenery that we would be more used to here than Well, Richmond's Egypt. very much like London. It is. <laughs> very, very much so. But more so than Egypt, where, uh, 
So kind of like like Jason taking Manhattan, they're like, you know, where can we? I think eventually the the 1940s took the mummy to the hood. But, uh, you know. Well, and even we we get the same. I don't think it's the same actor, but we get the recurring character of the old like the the guy that was trying to bring Karis back to life. Was that yeah. the same actor? Yeah, because he's that's like George, hey. that's George Zuko. He was a staple of a lot of films. They've got old age makeup on him at this okay. point with the long okay. white hair. Yeah. yeah, and so he comes back from death. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I was pretty they sure. Shot. shot my arm. Did you like? Sure did you like how he's holding his arm up? He's like, ah, oh, they shot me in the arm. Oh, he's useless. And then two minutes later, he's reaching both arms out, putting the necklace on the whole dude with no yeah. problem. I couldn't. Well, I never got past the other hand that's just shaking the whole time. Well, when you got him falling down the steps and he's got a full head of hair in that <laughs> shot, I mean, anything anything works at that point. <laughs> All like, bets are off. Yeah, this Cause film because he's, he's basically bald. Zuko was, yeah. and when he's going down the long steps, just a big old head of black <laughs> hair rolling down him. This movie definitely has a much darker tone than the previous film. Oh yeah, much darker. The he's got his little buddy from the Nation of Islam that helps him out. <laughs> the, you know, if, if the dude wouldn't have got horny too, he would have succeeded because this mummy was knocking him out. Yeah. So he got a little horny for the girl. Like if, if he would have went after the son first, all of that comic relief from the previous film is gone. Yeah, it yeah. is gone because they've been through some shit. Yeah, we got thirty years of nightmares. They ain't joking yeah. no more. Yeah. Um. Watching these films and the early Hammer ones uh, made me want to go out and buy a Fez. <laughs> it would be fun to have a Fez. <laughs> Your little go-kart. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's three decades later. We've, we're in Mapleton, Massachusetts. And I, I don't have a problem with the rehashing of the old footage because I think it adds to the fun. Sure. So instead of... And they put it in a storytelling right. manner. And yeah. so it's got was this that... Was America or was it London? Was it America? Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm wrong. London, Mass- you know, it's all uh, the same. Richmond, The, the London, second Hammer movie goes to London. But with this, we don't spend time laying new groundwork with a whole new group of characters. We instead spend 10 minutes showing you all the cool stuff from the first one. Mm-hmm. And then it's a swift, slick movie. We have a uh, notable ladies' man of Hollywood back then, Turhan Bay, sent to come basically... With Kari's and then the setting of putting him at the as a groundskeeper in the cemetery, it's just it's rich from start to finish. It never takes itself too serious, and I love the idea of thirty years later wanting to track down everybody from the the Banning expedition mm-hmm. and all of his their descendants and mm-hmm. kill them. Which uh, I mean, I, that is dark. I like for to refer to that groundskeeper yeah. as ethnic Clark Gable. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> dude, he. Man, he made his way with and the, the and the and the last Hollywood. picture too. I didn't touch on it, but uh, I didn't realize Joe Pesci had been doing films for as long as he had <laughs> because uh, what was uh what was his name, Babe? Yeah, Wallace Ford. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize like, if that wasn't Joe Pesci, it had to be his his dad <laughs> okay, or okay, grandfather. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> listen, listen. You know, no, what I love, something I loved about this movie is it took less time for these guys to conv- convince the authorities that there was a. A living mummy killing people than it did for Doctor Loomis to convince. Yeah, the what police of Haddonfield that a mummy escaped mental patient was they killing used people. One key word: they're like, "There's an Egyptian in the cemetery." <laughs> There's a what? <laughs> There's a foreigner over there. <laughs> uh, I like Mary Gordon's death. Uh, Steve's uh, sister, who's a little bit older, she always played the landlord in the Sherlock Holmes movies with Basil Rathbone. But the mummy comes up. And gets her from behind, and you can see that his hand is about 
three feet from her neck and she's like oh <laughs> it's there's always that one scene in every movie i gotta poke so fun he, at. Uh, i love that he didn't get to touch her before she actually had a heart attack yep there you go uh i, I love the ending um up on the porch with the flames i'm confident that uh when i went to la back in the 80s on the tour they had that there and set it on fire as you'd ride the tram. Oh, cool. Because they still had the village that they used in all the movies that you got to drive by, and mm-hmm. they'd point out, and I'm pretty sure that they had this house still where, you know, they burned it in movie after movie. I, I, I like that even while our main characters were up there, they're like, oh, it's got to all burn. Just throw yeah. those torches. <laughs> yeah. They're like, look, there's people. Throw them. Throw fire. <laughs> yeah, this, this is one where uh, it's just a good time. It's a good movie. It kind of gets a bad rap for the rehashing, but I don't have a problem with it just because the movie's not long. If the movie were an hour and 50 minutes, I'd be like, well, that's and, dumb. And, but and the rehashing now is to- like we have, you know, like Vinny said earlier, we have VHS and, and DVD and Blu-ray now. But back then, you unless they re-released a film. Right. It had been two years, and, best case scenario, since who's you say watched it. Everybody's coming to see it had seen the other one. Right. Yeah. So, you I know? mean, this was, you know... Like even even the eighties, like people didn't early eighties. A lot of people didn't have VCRs. That's why Rocky would open with yeah, the they, end of the previous movie. Right, right. All right. Um, so this uh, ends my experience with the Universal Mummy film. So if you guys want to continue, oh, okay, to to mention, go for it. Oh, so you haven't seen the other two? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So next would be the Mummy's Ghost and Forty Four. Lon Chaney returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pretty much owned the character. I kind of thought this movie was kind of turd city a little bit until the end. It's to be my honest, favorite. the end, <laughs> the, the ending. The one on your shirt. Yeah, yep, that one. The, the you know again the, the mummy stuff was good. The ending for me though was ballsy because it is not a happy ending. Yeah, not the, the other ones. It didn't matter what they did. It, they're smiling and cutting up at the end. Yeah, with with the with these films, to me at this point, if you like one, you like them all. Like. Yeah. It's kind of just the the same thing. Now, I will say the ending of the last one is nonsense compared to what... But we'll get into that in a minute. Mm. But with this one, and we don't need to spend too much time on it because I know we've already uh, spent a lot on the first three. But with this, um, I like that it has John Carradine in, mm-hmm. in the role. We, we got him in there uh, as the assistant who is tending with the ton of leaves. To I, like, I like how this cult... The mummy goes to college. I like how this, <laughs> this group of... This cult, this group of Egyptian priests has no shortage of old dudes just about to croak. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wasn't that the same old dude, though? Because he was like, the last dude fucked it up. Now I need you to go out and fix it. They're all the time old yeah. dudes croaking. Because he still had that stroke hand. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> stroke hand, stroke hand. Um, stroke <laughs> We definitely have the prick of all pricks for the entire series, and Tom, the boyfriend, who yeah. is Amina's boyfriend. You just want to see him get it from yeah. the minute he's on yeah. screen. Uh, his, I think his dog's name is Peanut, and I always think he's saying penis. I every thought he said penis. When he picks him up, he's like, come here, penis. And I'm just like, what? He really hates that dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Amina, his girlfriend, who is now our female that uh, – Karis believes is uh, reincarnated in her. Yes. So we have more rehashing of those kind of, you know, roles that we've established in earlier films. It's basically just regurgitating what we enjoy with mm-hmm. some, with a few new faces. Uh, it's more of an emphasis on Mapleton being terrorized some more. And it's just, 
killing some more people. Uh, the thing with this that doesn't have quite the same allure as the last one is that we have a reason for going after directly the people that we know from the expedition in the second film. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, there's the tie-ins, but it's not as enticing and easy to pinpoint. Um, but uh, one little thing I do want to point out that I always get a kick out of in this is Lon Chaney injuring. Yeah. Really injuring. You showed me that the, scene. The night yeah. inspector. He, when he breaks him on the glass door, mm -hmm. you can watch the guy grab its head. He wasn't supposed to do that. Oh. And now, fair or not, true or not, I don't know, but it's reported that Chaney was drunk through a lot of these mummy films. Yeah. Uh, even people has went have went as far with, and it, it sounds kind of preposterous that he had tubing to drink, like he had a flask on his leg and a straw running up through the suit. That seems oh, so ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. I don't really buy that, but... It's something that's out there, so I thought I'd at least mention yeah. it. And they think, uh, many do, that that's why it hurt him, is that he didn't realize he was maybe playing a little too rough. Because Cheney, in his defense, was warm and respectful you know, to almost everyone on set. He and Evelyn Anchors didn't get along well. Uh, but besides that, he was well-liked and a nice guy. So it's not like people already were like, he's out of control and he right. did this. But when you're watching it, Pay special close attention to uh, the night in, the night guard uh, who gets it from him, and you can see him visibly grab the back of his head where he's cracked it on the glass. Oh, man. Didn't he almost get fired for that? Yeah. yeah. And I think he was supposed to just put his back into it because it's like candy glass to break, mm -hmm. but I think he actually kind of chucked him into it a little bit made him hit his head. Um, but it's 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 got a nice ending in, in the sense of... Yeah, let's get into the ending on that. Um, we in essence, have uh, an innocent young girl uh, succumb to it. There is yeah. no leading guy saves her and you cue the, the happy romantic no. music. It's, no, no. Nope. Uh, and she turns into, like, yeah. I thought like, at first it was a bad dummy. I was like, man, you can see that's a dummy he's dragging around. And then I was like, no, it's her corpse. Yeah, and one of the things that I loved the most as a kid with this, Spoiler and I still alert, do, yes, is... Um, when Tom, the prick boyfriend, looks at her right there at the end, she's the corpse. Mm -hmm. She's the the old yeah princess. And he's like, I'd still hit that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, it gets pretty dark there. And, and and so, in essence, we have a girl who, whether she's under a spell or she truly is Ananka, either way, we open the film with a young girl who's now going into the water with the mummy. The end. Yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. it's a dark ending, especially for the era that it came out. Yeah, it's like which which all brings up the World War II of the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it it I think it's interesting in in that aspect with with the dark ending. I also love um, the bizarre. I don't know what you'd call that, like the carts and the the building, like the mining carts and the setting with watching the mummy mm. walk up that. I just I've always loved that. It doesn't yeah. really make a whole hell of a lot of sense, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, it's just kind of feeding them what what they want. The most ridiculous decision is the one that we make directly after the end of this one. But any, any other thoughts on this film? I'm good. Is this the one that has a lot of shots in broad daylight of the mummy? Yeah, where it's not quote-unquote nighttime. But yeah. that happens a lot in the, the gotcha. last one. Gotcha. Where's the one where he's like coming down the stairs, like in the broad day? That one. That's this one. Okay, I thought yep. so. 
So no more thoughts on that one? No, okay. So important to point out, that one opened in July. This one opens in December. Yeah, they oh, were, wow. they were back to back. Same year. And all of these movies are barely over an hour long. Yeah. So we go into the swamp in Mableton, Massachusetts. And now we're in Louisiana. Now, and and now we've come up. In Louisiana. In Louisiana. <laughs> Don't know how. Yep. Not here, sure. But here we are. But, but we, we're here. We're in Louisiana. And we have locals who believe in the curse of the mummy and his bride. Yep. And we have uh, a crew who are planning to drain the swamp. And the locals Is it are... Trump? Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. But the, the locals Sad. are terrified of that because they believe in, in the folklore of that. And uh, so basically... It, it's just, it's preposterous. This is where we officially cash in. I still love the movie because it's entertaining, but it's this is a clear drop off in the vibes in the in in what we had established within the first handful of films. Um, I feel like this movie doesn't have any of the magic left. I feel I feel like the worst in the series. I yeah. feel like the premise has run itself so thin at this point yeah. that I just this is one that. I would, I probably won't watch very often in the years to come. Yeah, I mean, for me, I watch all four of these regularly, one to twice, one to two times a year, for the four of them. Uh, but I also understand, you know, the the feelings on that one. For me, it's just giving me more mummy going around uh, mo killing mummy, people. <laughs> mo <laughs> mummy, mo <laughs> mummy, mo <laughs> mummy. Uh, in, in the you know the the rural setting, um, it. it the the extra stuff with the with the location really doesn't add anything to it. I thought that they'd play much heavier into you know voodoo, um, and it's it's really pretty minimal. It, it's it's a slick hour long movie again where we basically just transfer the location. Um, I do love the scene of her coming up out of the dirt. I mm-hmm. absolutely adore it. I think it's wonderful watching her try and get her footing. And walking all rigid at, at once she's come up out of the dirt when the bulldozer is initially driven over and you see her hand come mm-hmm. up. It's great. Um, and we've got uh, his name's escaping me, the guy that helps her, brings her in. And then from there, it's just the mummy after her. Well, this movie killing people. Like and after the way that last one ended so heavy, this movie opens with a musical number. Yeah, hey you yeah. at Tonta like, Bertes. How hey, weird. You. Yeah, it's it's it just totally it doesn't fit and it it's, recycles more foot they recycle footage again yeah. in this movie and my thought watching this one is Karis has spent his entire resurrection choking motherfuckers out with one hand and carrying unconscious women around <laughs> like that is every movie welcome in a to your local water I <laughs> <laughs> um one or Cajun Joe was his name that that rescues okay. her for anybody that didn't care anyways. Uh, <laughs> so basically, it's just that again. Martin Koslack, who was in a handful of films back then, is great. He replaces John Carradine and Turhan Bay's character in this one. That, that's really all that's worth mentioning, other than the silly ass ending where uh, a structure ends our mummy. Yeah, literally him shaking and then some rocks fall on him. This dude has had everything done to him. Burned and twice. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and and uh, some concrete. That's what ended Kari's after yep. how many thousands of years. Yep. But th- these movies are a lot of fun. 
this one definitely is a drop off, but I still watch it just as much as I watch the other ones because they're so short. Um, but yeah, I love I love these. Ironically, and I've talked about this with uh, my dad numerous times. I watch these more than any of the other properties, not because I think they're better films. They're just so rewatchable. I just love the mood. They're, yeah, they're easy. They're fun. There's not a lot of time spent with anything stuffy for the most part, with the exception of Mummy's Hand, where we spend a little time getting our footing there mm-hmm. in the location. From there on, it's just Mummy's whooping ass. That's a good time. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's a lot of them. I mean, something like The Wolfman. The Wolfman's my other favorite. Um, but I think Frankenstein films are better than either of them. But yeah. I watch those two. But The Wolfman doesn't have that many that are just... And there's him. not a lot of Wolfman in those yeah. movies. He's got one movie where it's just him. Yeah. Yep. And so with these... I don't know why they were always kind of the bastard stepchild of the monsters. And they are, too. Because, well, And I guess this segues decently into what I think we should talk about next, but the mummy isn't in Abbott and Costello meet yeah. Frankenstein. And he wasn't in the, the monster parades either with the yeah, house no. of Dracula or Frankenstein. Yeah, you're right? correct. Just never crept into there. And I, I really don't understand why, because even, you know, ironically, decades later, we think of the mummy as one of the universal monsters, but they didn't. I mean, they yeah. did, but they didn't. Well, even a lot of your universal monster group shirts that you can purchase now, the mummy is nearly always missing. Yep. Nearly always. Yeah. But yeah, not for everyone, but I do love the films. I think that shirt I gave you doesn't have the mummy on it. I don't believe it does. Well, it's actually, and it's in even more odd. It's got... Uh, Lon Chaney Sr. Yeah, as uh, Phantom of the, the Opera. Opera. Yeah. And yeah, we and we st- there's still one more. There's the Abbott and Costello, which is well, the next. Movie. Which is what yeah. I was kind of segueing into. Which, which honestly, like this is my first time watching this one. It wasn't really the Universal Mummy. No, like the costume was That's, bad. Yeah. His name is Claris, not yeah. Paris. Is <laughs> his cousin or brother? Another connection to Richmond. Claris, great uh, <laughs> place to get pizza. Uh, You've been sitting on that one. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> that was fresh, boy. Uh, you got me all wrapped up. <laughs> this movie, like a mummy, does it. not it's compare silly. at all to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Well, it completely, but you know, this is what cracks me up through the whole movie. They refer to each other as Bud and Lou, and then when you watch the credits, they're listed next to character names that they played. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, you're right. The costume was bad. Uh, I'll, this movie is longer than any like an of the half. mummy movies yeah, that were put out from universal um there i'll give it this there are more egyptian sets in this movie than there are in all the other mummy movies combined that's true <laughs> and, and it was kind of the plot too of like the mummy's hand a little bit yeah yeah i uh i don't know that i'll ever be watching this one again this was my first viewing of it and i love atman costello Same and frankenstein here. it's but uh, I love boy, Costello, it, uh, it's just not the jokes aren't the very ma- good. And you can even tell they're a little aged at this mm-hmm. point. It, it's it's tired. But you know, yeah, I, I think with, with the other films though too, like they were they were the monsters. This one, like the costume was so like it was a costume. He was wearing pants. Yeah, the costume was very bad. Very so, bad. Definitely glad we mentioned it, but Sad. it's it's not a <laughs> it's not a good it's not a good one. All right. Well, let's segue into another studio that carried quite a few mummy films. Let's Disney? Start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's talk about Hammer. Yeah, boy. <laughs> and uh, I think there's no better place to start than 
1959, the first Mummy film they made. Um, I do want to say in that segue, too, it's interesting to see between Universal and between Hammer, both of them just their ideas of what ancient Egypt looked like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just the, the detail, the, the attention to some detail, and the lack of attention to other detail. So um, just something to think about with both. Uh, so what's our studios. actual title on this movie? The Mummy. <laughs> Is it just The Mummy? Mm -hmm. I thought there was a, a more a subtitle to it. Never mind. No, the sequel's to all Okay. Yeah. Don't check me, dog. <laughs> so, uh, 1959, The Mummy. And it's good, so you know who directed it. Uh, Terrence Fisher. Yep. Bada bing, bada bing. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even look it up. I was like, oh, it's... So, I, so that's leading to my next point. This is my favorite Mummy movie period ever it's a good movie it's awesome i did not get to watch these so. oh i did i didn't oh, i wasn't able to refresh because we did this on pretty short notice this time yes. and uh hammer films are universal films you can order and get pretty easy mm -hmm. man hammer films are elusive and they're owned by a bazillion people yeah, yeah. it's it's ridiculous uh but if you've got christopher lee as your mummy you're not going to go wrong with Christopher Lee in a Hammer film. Yeah. You're just nope. not. He's and, a badass mummy. Oh, yeah, he so is. So good. Yeah, he is. He's a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. An absolute powerhouse. He's imposing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also, as we were hearkening back to uh, when we were talking about the mummy's hand and how much of that reminded us of Michael Myers with the shape, uh, so much in this film. The same for me, especially when he smashes through that glass. Just like Halloween too. You're talking about when the guy's down in the room and yeah. And and the mummy just smashes yeah. through the glass. I mean he doesn't walk through it like Mike yeah. Myers, but uh, it, oh I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Um so so you didn't get to revisit it? Is that what you're saying? I did I didn't get to rewatch it this time, but I have seen it multiple times. And of course Peter Cushing. Um just can't go wrong with Peter Cushing. Right. I mean just any time that guy's on screen. Just captivating. Um Professor opening this, uh, for everybody that just kept up with us on the Universal Films, this is literally a remake of Hand and Tomb, mm -hmm. even down the same names, same story. Yeah. We have the expedition. We have Karis and Ananka. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, this is, is those two films put into one. And just to build on that, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but also, too, when we were talking about similarities from the other films and what the newer Brendan Fraser mummy borrowed from, this story is identical to 1999's Mummy. I mm. mean, this is what, to me, this is really yeah. where they took it from. But yeah, I mean, with literally even down to the names, it is the first two Universal sequels put into one beautiful, stylized film mm -hmm. uh, with money behind it. Uh, if anybody's interested, or, or if you guys already have it, the Blu-ray of this is incredible. Uh, Warner Brothers put oh, out a box it. set of uh, Hammer Horror Classics, mm -hmm. and then I think they put this out by itself as well to buy. It looks like it was made a week ago. It's nuts. Um, I I wasn't familiar with all of the sequels, but I'm familiar with this one. I've seen this one probably a dozen times. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, I don't... It doesn't have the same charm as the Universal films do for me, just based on time and how many times... Nostalgia. This is a better film than oh, any yeah. of those sequels, but... It, it can't, you can't trump childhood. So it's like, sure. that's not there, but this film is excellent. I always enjoy 
the Hammer films and the Universal films for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, Hammer's great because they're an update, mm-hmm. you know, a decade plus from the Universal stuff. So it's a quote unquote more modern take. And just the acting from guys like Christopher Lee and, yeah. and like, I love watching Hammer to see what they tweaked, what they changed a little bit, even though sometimes they don't change a whole lot. But this movie is fantastic. Like I say, Christopher Lee is a fantastic mummy. Like the, the mummy from Universal, as I watch it, it's like, why doesn't anybody run from this guy? Just <laughs> yeah. quit staring at him, turn around and run away. He's limping. He's never going to catch you. Christopher Lee's mummy, they're running it through with... Oh, and they put that oh, like, spear or whatever yeah. to it and yeah. breaks it off. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's awesome. It's, it's great. So good. It's, it's great. so good. But, He's terrifying. And so. we, we haven't spent a lot of time covering Hammer films, but I think it's important to point out that why so many people love them and why some don't enjoy watching them is because they demanded respect with these films. Because they still went after the fun fanfare but they said, no, 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 we're going to have intelligent dialogue. Yeah, it's still we're a drama. Have, we're going to have pacing. It's yep. going to be a good-looking film. Yeah. And so some people, it's a little too stuffy for them, and that's fine. Yeah. But they're very well-made films, and this is no exception. This is one, this is right up at the top for my favorite Hammer. Yeah, same here. Horror film, like Curse of Frankenstein. You know, there's, there's a very short list of ones that it's a no-brainer for mm-hmm. me, and this is right there. It's a must-watch. Oh, yeah. So we hit all the laundry checklist stuff. Um, we, we got the forbidden love story, tongue cut out and buried alive, trying to resurrect the dead lover, uh, girl resemble, resembles former lover, the, the new girl, her, she had an Egyptian mother, you know, like all these things keep lining up to, to hit that, that, that laundry list of like, oh, things that we've seen from other movies. So just trying to fill the, the, the listeners in here is to, to yeah. so they know what the, the backdrop is. Um, also too. Beautiful, beautiful um, cinematography and also doing a long funeral procession, just like we saw in Universal's Mummy and then recycled in uh, Mummy's Hand. So, like, just the colors are amazing. That's what I always like about Hammer Films, the sets, the colors, just so cool. And pretty funny to see Christopher Lee out of Mummy makeup being Egyptian. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Christopher Lee. Right. Who's, who's going to be like, oh, that guy's... Oh, no, no, that's Chris <laughs> So he's doing it well. Um, other than that, I mean, I just want to say that the scenery smashes through the glass so much like uh, Mike Myers in Halloween 2. Um, great scene in the end with the swamp, you know, the, the bog, you know, because they're, they're in England. But, um, yeah, I just love this film. This is my favorite Mummy movie, period. I respect that. Period. So... Uh, Professor, just you and I. I've been seen it. Um, any other thoughts on this one before we move along? No, I think I've gushed over it enough. It's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, the the charm will always rest for, with the Universal films for me. But the scariest mummies to me are, is this one, Christopher Lee, and this first yes. one, and then another one that I'm just going to briefly mention later on in a movie called The Time Walker, which it, it's just a cool, scary looking mummy. Is that Chuck Norris? <laughs> no, uh, but. <laughs> I, I think that's important to point out. I mean, he's that badass. Like, mm-hmm. I would put him right at the top. It's, a, it's an excellent film. Recommend it to anybody. Even if you don't watch, you know, movies of, of the older variety, watch this one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, 
I want to hand the reins over to Professor and Vinny. I only watched one other Hammer film. Me too. For this, I've not seen many of them just because they're so difficult to get a hold of. So right. I don't know. Again, I hate that. Same thing happened to us with the Frankenstein episode. Is we painstakingly go over the Universal, and then I feel like we kind of gloss over Hammer, and I think Hammer deserves more than that. Absolutely. But this is how Hammer's been treated their whole existence. But yeah, the the resources <laughs> America, just aren't there for us to be able to view as a group and uh, and review. Well, that being said, I want to use this as a segue because hopefully Professor's seen this one. I'm betting he has, but I really wanted to get a hold of Shroud of the Mummy, mm-hmm. and I the, didn't get a hold of it. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the that, no, that was the third one. Um, <laughs> That's the, the that and the fourth one. Um, I'm not too well versed. Okay, I played them like here in the past week, but with the understanding when I started them that I couldn't really focus on them. I gotcha. figured like at least having them on to gather up some of it would be better than nothing. But I I did watch the second one. I've okay. seen that one a couple times. Uh, but the Mummy Shroud and Blood from the Mummy's Tomb uh, are the third and fourth and the uh, the last installments. There are four Hammer films. Um, that uh, especially the fourth one, not for me. Uh, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. It's a it's a woman. That one I watched. I did watch it, so I can talk about that okay. one. Okay. So why don't Go you talk it. about the second one? Okay. Uh, the Curse of the Mummy's Tomb was made five years after the Mummy, and with this one we have a different Mummy, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I think the name was Ra Antef, but we, yeah, <laughs> I'm in charge of names today. Um, <laughs> So, we basically discover uh, the tomb with jewels and the bodies and all that, and we take that back to London, um, you know, to showcase. And, uh, surprise, surprise, the mummy seeks revenge for this. What? Yeah. He is when not did this start? appreciating Weird. things of being disturbed. Um, what I like about this one is very frequently Hammer Films are rural settings. And I like that this one isn't. I like that we bring the mummy into the city. And so with this, you have a Ripper-esque kind of feel to it. Now, they're not trying to make it a Ripper movie by any means. Yeah. But you got that, you know, narrow, weaving city alleyways. And, I mean, like, there's a great scene, for instance, where we have the mummy at the top of the steps who takes this guy down and then just stands there, hulking. And you've got a long shot of it, just, you know, at night, foggy London. And so it's got some very nice moods to it. Um, it's The mummy is nowhere near as good as uh, Lee's portrayal, but he still looks pretty cool. Uh, he's a pretty gnarly mummy. Um, but yeah, I, I would still recommend that one. Um, there, there's really not much more to it. I mean, at this point, okay. we're kind of regurgitating sure, the, the sure. retribution in each one. Yeah. So that leading into Mummy Shroud is that uh, everything I read about it said that it, it's nothing new, yeah. But but visually and story wise, it's everything you want out of a mummy movie. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, they watch this one a lot, not because it's special or groundbreaking, but because it hits all the marks and does it really well. So yeah. like, if you feel like sitting down and watching a mummy movie, this one gives you ancient Egypt. This one gives you the story. This one gives you like all those high spots. Like yeah. they're not saying it's better than 1959, uh, Hammer Mummy. 
but they're just saying like this is a good friendly yes this is a good accessible one that you can sit down and be like boy that's what a mummy movie should look like yeah that's how a mummy story should be told well and this is not very interesting but the fact is is i plan to watch this but it's impossible to buy without spending an arm and a leg Mm -hmm. on and i have it but the file size is massive on my computer did you get from cinemageddon maybe what's that i don't, but, I don't uh, know see that's that's what prevented me from acquiring yeah. it and so like well. i even went into trying to split it like properly split it so that i could get it on a jump drive to watch it on on the blu-ray player and i just couldn't get it to work in time which is then why with the fourth one i was like listen don't even have a real mummy in it i'll just i'll at least play it because i got it yeah but the the third one um what i could what i glanced at looks beautiful because i mean it's a massive file size yeah um but i wanted to watch it and i'll get around to it but the fact is, is i just with limited time i was just like nope no on but yeah. that's cool you've got me more excited to watch it now because i didn't know much about it yeah yeah it's got a lot of respect um so going into blood from the mummy's tomb um not a good movie by any means but often used quite a bit for hammer publicity stuff just because of the cinematography. Yeah. And because it's uh, the mummy in this one is a pretty lady who um, lays in various states of undress throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. And then, There's a lot of underboob. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's primary. I mean, she's not naked at all. Yeah. You know, like, don't get that impression from it. But, like, yeah. It's just like she lays there underboob the whole time. Yeah. You and hear so, that, perverts? It's not actual nudity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that's why it shows up on so many hammer things mm-hmm. because, like, oh, she's very attractive. Let's put this hot babe on a thing, you know? Um, so it's it's over dramatic. Yeah. It's soap opera. Um, there's no real mummy in the movie. Right. It's a Bram Stoker novel. Is it? Yeah, I jotted oh, it down. I did hear that. The Jewel yeah. of Seven Stars. That's right. Why they wouldn't just market it as a Bram Stoker story? Don't know. Yeah. the The only other the only high spot of this is that the uh, the, the the mummy, who's never really truly a mummy, uh, gets her hand cut off. In various points throughout the film, her hand is crawling mm-hmm. through things, doing uh, nefarious uh, missions for her. Giving handies. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, she is an unknown god, so she's like the tomb of the unknown god. The mummy's handy. I had to. <laughs> I had to. So what's funny is she stays asleep for the whole film. They wake her up at the end and then kill her again. Funny, so did I. <laughs> They're like, wake up, you're dead. So, uh, yeah, that's blood from the mummy's tomb. I'm not going to waste any more time on that. But that's why you see it on so many things because it's an attractive woman playing the role and and they just use that to hype it up. So, which Hammer was famous for. I mean, they, they used a lot of attractive women um, with lots of cleavage to, to sell films. Mm -hmm. And then we were wrong. Half of them were good actresses. Yeah. Um, So that was just kind of their gimmick too. So, all right. That was blood from the mummy's tomb. That kind of wraps up Hammer. Um, What direction do you think we should go in now? Round table, I'm, just kind I'm of throwing kind of out too, titles. Because Hammer kind of carried on from Universal. And then, if you read a lot of, uh, in like the 80s, there was, like, big directors to us, like John Landis and Clyde Barker. Like, they all had, like, their take and, and were ready to go on, like, a new slot of, like, Universal, like, Invisible Man. And mm-hmm. I think Clyde Barker was doing The Mummy. Like, it's kind of sad that they fell through because we just, there's a huge gap of, like, yeah. uh, of like where these monsters fell off other than in the eighties for me was uh waxwork and the monster squad. Yeah. Which both kind of, both kind of picked them both up. I'm glad that you mentioned Clive Barker doing the mummy 
before we round table round table let's let's hit the brendan frazier mummy films since okay. they have continuity fair fair yeah. i'll let you guys take the reins on that one what yeah you never watched them once oh professor nah. 1999 the mummy we we, we they're just Brendan Fraser's mummy movies, you know what I mean? And Rachel. So I, I think '99 is a lot. It's fun. Um, yeah. Stephen Summers, who did Nightmare Five, directed. So it's it's so, nice visually. CGI is heavy, but I rewatched this last night, and I thought the CGI for CGI it stood up well. It's 50-50. Like half of it does movie, look really good in this movie. It yeah. held up really well. Like there was like definitely times when Carrie and I were watching it, and we we're like, God, that looks awful. But then, like, when they were, like, hiding it in the shadows and doing it right, it looked great. Oh, but his face in the sand, like, was so well That's done. a cool effect. I liked uh, some of the stuff where he's... I liked the regeneration through, throughout the movie, you know, of him... I hated the original look when he first came back, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, though, I do not like these movies. Um now, as I as I'm watching Universals again, and we are we're watching things like the second Universal Mummy movie, where it is lighter in tone, this does feel a lot like that. Uh, <clears throat> this is this is what Universal has done as the years have gone by that I don't necessarily like is <clears throat> they've got these properties that are horror properties, and when they go to bring them back, rather than make them as scary as possible and make do horror right again, which they were famous for, they instead like, well, let's try to market this to the biggest audience we can. Let's add jokes. Let's add action. Let's add this. Let's add that. And the biggest thing that takes me out of these movies is Brendan Fraser. He's so fucking goofy. <laughs> He's just so goofy. I can't handle it. You know what would have made these movies great? If you would have taken out Brendan Fraser and his character and added Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, then I probably would have enjoyed these a lot more. But instead, it feels he feels like a poor man's Indiana Jones. Like I don't care for these films. I do not care for these I like, films. I like the Mummy one and the sequel, the Scorpion King. Hey, hey, buddy, hang on. <laughs> Come on, we're not there. Oh, oh, we gonna spend more time than we need to on this? Okay. <laughs> All right. So first off, I want to set the stage. So, uh, Todd was right when he brought up that Clive Barker had a mummy script. The studio turned dark, it down. scary. Because it was too hard dark. Hard. Yeah, too much. Then, George dark. Romero was approached. George wrote up a storyline. I don't know if he got to a script point. It was too gruesome for them. Then, Joe Dante was approached. And they ultimately scrapped that one. And they went with Stephen Summers, who made... Indiana Jones with a mummy in it. Um, but which, that being which said, worked for this movie? No, me, I like this movie. Me. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I really I like this movie. And audiences I like the liked it. It did a lot of money. Yeah, which is why we have three. It's fun. It's nostalgic, um, and it hits all those beats. I like that it happened. To, I, I think it took place in the 30s, like when the original. I agree that the time made. the time frame is good. Yeah. Other than that, I think it's doo doo baby. <laughs> Unlike Vinny, I like Brendan Fraser. Um, if you don't think you can do serious work, I'll let Professor lecture you on gods and monsters. I've someday. seen oh, it. He's a, I've seen it. He's an excellent actor. My complaint with him has always been that he chose goofy role. ass roles. Yeah, yep. he's picked so many I mean, terrible roles. You can watch like something like. Turn and Man. I was going to say, you could watch <laughs> School Ties. 
yeah. with honors and see that he's got the chops, yeah. but instead, but instead he did he's making the jungle and Dudley do and monkey bone. Monkey bone. That's always my biggest complaint. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> no but, concessions there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we all unanimously yeah. agree. So, and, and, and watching the old movies, this is a, a greatly the original Boris Karloff, but also the sequel as well. Kind of, kind of combined. Um, it ties in so many of the original beats, and that's why I think it's so well done nostalgic-wise. It looks like eight-year-old me who loved ancient Egypt would have wanted a mummy movie to look like. You know, it's... And, and, the, it. and the main one goes old school where it gets prettier by the day, but there is other mummies that he throws out, so that was kind of... Yeah. yeah, so that's that's all I want to say, and I also like that they, they steal from uh, Reanimator and that a few times they say, death is only the beginning. You know? <laughs> so that's it. I just wanted to, to speak my piece about the backstory about how this movie came about and what hands it could oh, yeah. have been in. Certainly. Which so is then, uh, then Mummy Returns, 2001. I hadn't watched this probably since it came out because I hated this movie. Um, watching it again last night, I liked it a lot better. But it's a lot of fun. This, this was like everything in the kitchen sink movie because they brought everybody back, yep. including the, the priestess, yep. who's now reincarnated too, and then... Uh, Rachel Weiss, they gave her karate because yeah. then she was like the daughter of the pharaoh, reincarnated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she gets it's like, as good as it sounds, folks. <laughs> the I, Rock, Chris Rock, Kid Rock, like everybody was in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Rock Hudson. Yeah, Rock Hudson. He made an appearance in the sand. Uh, Too soon. I, I, I even the sand that fell out of the closet. Um, but, uh, no, I love this movie. Uh, it's fun. Um, the worst thing, though, is the ending with the Scorpion King. Oh, the, oh, the yeah. CGI Dwayne Johnson Scorpion King Ooh, is fucking terrible. He was so less bad. animated in Moana. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. And so that being said, just to speed through, I've never watched the Scorpion King. I've never seen that. Film. No, but that. But it's not a mummy movie. It's but like, that uh, tells you how well that 99 movie did. Yeah. Because there have been... Sequels to this movie, what are there? Scorpion oh. King was spun and off and, and Scorpion three of those. King, yeah, one of which is like four. straight to DVD four. and Lou Ferrigno is in. I think there's four of those. Ooh, I can smell that one. <laughs> I smell the mummy. I've never seen any of the Scorpion Kings. Sure. Uh, which, also, which also shows. <laughs> I really like this movie. <laughs> Interestingly enough, The Rock's acting in Mummy Returns is not very good. So it shows how much he's grown as an actor because now he's in everything. Um, and also too, like his character in wrestling as well. I mean, just how, how much of a presence. Well, and I hated has. the goddamn little kid they threw in, in part two. <laughs> well, that was a natural progression. They were so much in love that they should have had a kid by now. <laughs> so, so I take it then you didn't watch tomb of the dragon. I, I own that, but I've never seen it. I liked it a lot better. Never seen it. Um, but it's, it's even more or less mummy. Like he's like a weird statue that. Spews like Maybe I have seen parts of this. Liquid it's magma. Got Jet Li in it, right? That's yeah, all yeah. coming out now, buddy. Tell us you love Benny it. Loves where, where it. I hated, You'll never I, hear those words on any of I these hated films. the kid in two, but I appreciated him in three. I appreciate I'll just say this. Uh, with these, I don't think they're bad movies. They're just really not for me. No. They're not even really horror. Yeah. No. Except for the first one. The first one has some pretty and so has elements. stuff. There's, it has some elements. These, well, are, these to me are action adventures. So with the 90s and yeah, and, and, and that was my problem. And that was my problem with these was that I wanted a, a horror movie, yeah, and got a well-made action adventure movie. That's fair. and that's fine. That's fair. Um, 
but that's really why I don't go back to them. It's not that I think they're the worst thing ever made or anything like that. But it's just with the mummy, I, I'm kind of stuck in my old ways. They don't appeal to me. They're not um, badly made films. They are just absolutely not for me. And I think Brendan Fraser is just goofy as shit. Yeah. But I can totally see why people enjoy these. Like sure. they have a lot they're, of they're wonderful fun, elements. They're fun to adventure them. movies, but they are missing the the tone. Like even even the the original ones that had comedy still had more of a horror yeah. element. Yes, it's just frustrating as a horror fan when Universal takes these properties and continually doesn't go back Which, to why they're valuable yes. properties. Why 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 we're on that? So the the twenty seventeen mummy. Are we going there? Are we going there? I mean, we might as well. We're on the, the Universal franchises. Okay, let's hit it. Go ahead, Todd. Take the lead. So I'm sure you guys hated it, but I thought it was great. Uh, it's kind of it's got the action adventure that the 2000s, I guess, mummies had. That scene has a strike for me. But it but it was more horrific than they were, and 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 no, it wasn't the tone of the original films either. But I thought it was a great jumping off place. It was actually better than I was expecting for uh, for a Tom Cruise vehicle because I I could have cared less if that man was in the movie or not. It was exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. And said that the mommy was darker. I mean, she killed babies. I, uh... She had made a deal. So, real quick, background yeah. story. Um, it broke from kind of the traditional storyline. And in this, she made a deal with Set, the, the god of the dead. I'm um, just giving the listeners a little background here. And so that's... Um, she had made a deal with Set. She was upset that her father uh, loved somebody a lot. And didn't give her the love because she was supposed to be the heir to the throne. Um, but he had a son. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Illegitimately. Afterwards, he had a son. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, should we go ahead and say at this point, you should already know, spoilers. We're going to spoil the shit out of this movie for you. So if you haven't seen it, you're going she, to. She did get around. mummified and buried alive. Yes. So that did follow some of the original beats. But I, I think there was a lot of throwbacks to not not just the mummy, but you because... This is the first Dark Universe movie where they're trying to bring back the, the legacy. And 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 I, I like the it. tone of this film. And the Mummy is kind of, kind of action adventure. But I really hope the next ones do get even darker. But I liked that like Jack Owen Hyde was in this film, and and let's be real, Russell and Crow is Jack Owen Hyde in real life. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't hard to play. I watched this movie last night, and. I wasn't wowed by it. It was exactly what I expected it to be. Uh, which Did you hate it, though? Was not, well, that's where I'm going. As I watched it, I was like, you know, it's I don't hate it, but blah, blah, blah. But then I find myself, as I, I was talking to my parents today and telling them about it, as I talk about it, I earn my name. I notice it's a lot more venomous when I start talking about <laughs> it. Uh, like, there is... The, it is definitely darker than the Brendan Fraser yeah. franchises. It is definitely darker in tone. But it's not a horror. It's not a horror movie. It like is it not. It is I not agree. a horror movie. Um, it the movie should be called Tom Cruise dodges debris <laughs> because that's what the whole fucking thing is. Uh, I'm just running through cities dodging. Yeah, like well, every other Tom Cruise. In movie. fairness, yes. though, there's a writer in his contract. There has to be at least one dramatic running scene in every movie. <laughs> he's in. There, he like there's he's got a spoilers again, people. Uh, his buddy gets killed, and then I his, like the American Werewolf. It's very. Movie. I don't like it because yeah. it is American Werewolf in London. A poor man, like, American yes, Werewolf in London. exactly. Uh, Which I, is Universal. Maybe what, they're going to. I couldn't stand that. that so. um, he did. He was in Paris. Um, 
I I am a huge Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde fan. Like, I will watch any incarnation there is once. Because I just, I love the myth, I love the story, I love all of it. Worst Hyde ever. Uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe, there's not even a, part of the allure for me, for Jekyll and Hyde, is a goddamn transformation scene. <laughs> he doesn't transform. Oh, it's really? His skin turns a little bit veiny. And he talks with a Cockney accent rather than a proper one. And that's the difference between Jekyll and Hyde. And you th- Fuck you, Universal. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and <laughs> you think a hundred years ago almost, they were doing transformations with yes! Barrymore with lighting gel kits where they would have uh, the that makeup. Was, that was Frederick March that they were doing. No, that. Did they do that with the Barrymore as well? Because there's, wow. no, there's no cut in the silent film on that. But because the Frederick March, March has a great one too yeah. where... They use the different colored lenses and makeup. But I was pissed off about the Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, and apparently Tom Cruise's superpower in this is he can't be knocked out. This motherfucker gets thrown through like cement pillars and everything else. And he rolls over and says, Ugh! and starts trying to get back up on his feet. I'm like, how much shit can you get kicked out of you, buddy? That's the Tom Cruise story. Uh, and then, and, and there, and Clearly then, you don't know nothing and about then towards the end, there towards the end, Tom Cruise gets like some mummy-ish power imparted on him, and I'm like, here we go. The it's the fucking Wolfman remake, where the whole movie with Benicio del Toro was great, and then they ruined it with Anthony Hopkins oh. being a werewolf and he wrestling was like, with him. I'm a Shih Tzu, and it's just yeah, so bad. <laughs> Like, like, he looked like me, Wallace. God, I wanted this movie yes. to be so yeah. good. Yeah. And it disappointed me around so many different corners. And I thought to myself, if this is the cornerstone that you are trying to build your dark universe around, you are in trouble. Here's, I, here's, I have, here's what's going to help. It's, 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 no, I was just who, gonna, who directed this one? Do you I don't even remember. So the next one, Probably though, Michael is Bill Bay. Condon. So, and, it's, and, and what excites me with the franchise a lot of the Universal monsters have not been remade. No, there's that's not very really true. been, other than that crappy Sting movie. There's not been a remake of The Bride. No, no. Which is weird that that's the second movie because mm-hmm. that means they're skipping over Frankenstein. Which, but I'll agree, say this: that movie's been done to death with a million. It has and Dracula and like Wolfman has only really ever had the one remake, which is strange. Creature has never been remade. Been drying. How about at the end decades. of the movie where Tom Cruise is now off? around the globe with these powers been a part of him and then it shows him and his dead buddy's back and his buddy says the line oh, I know you brought me back to life and everything but and I was like did we did I just hear the line I know you just brought me back to life and everything but it's so cheesy and dumb you love yeah. this movie dumb I doo doo baby I was afraid going into this film that I would like it <laughs> and thankfully it dissuaded me from that um too much CGI. Uh, That's every movie now. Though. It is. Uh, so, I mean, just just awful CGI. It was too epic, in my opinion. Um, you had the mummy as Godzilla in London. Like, the mummy is using her powers to destroy London. The mummy was using her powers to destroy London. Like, no. it's, it's just not a thing. Like, that's just not... Um, it. So, like, granted, the mummy in Brendan Fraser's movie had these great powers, but they were in Egypt. You know, yeah. like, they were in pyramids and they were in these areas but like 
to take the mummy. Do you think it's because they made it modern day? I think that doesn't help. Yeah, I think yeah. all, that means all. And the, I, the think entire, I think it's going to hurt the entire all direction, and it could be. I I'm going to say some all. nice things about this. I loved the idea of trying to connect it to the like the the Knights Templar or whoever they were in London, like yeah. trying to get that to drop in. I liked trying to do that. So that that was something that drew me into the film. Um, I I thought the underwater chase scene was really creepy. That was cool. Yeah, that was that was well done CGI. Um, but that's where my compliments end. I just did not like this movie. Um, I liked it. I, was it great though? By no means, no. So yeah. But I liked it better than the than the the two thousands, I guess, since the only one was nineties. Yeah, I did not watch it. Um, I will not rule it out permanently avoiding it or anything like that. For me, it's about seeing where they go in the future um, with the the dark universe and sure. the remakes. Well, I hope sure. they if listen they, to shit like this and if, criticism. If they start know? to get me more interested, then I will be more interested in revisiting that. Um, and I won't go off on a long tangent here, but I think it's also important why something like It has been so exciting is because when I watched the trailer for this, when it first started, and they showed the, the coffin in the plane. I was like, ooh. And within 10 seconds, I was like, this isn't made for Americans. Like, you just, it's, this is made to make money all over the world. Whether you want to say it's just a cash grab or not, whether that's fair or not, I'll leave that to other people. But that's, that's the thing that I see going on here. Tom Cruise is a worldwide seller. Yeah. Big ass explosions and adventurous and, and movies sadly, typically are movies a worldwide don't make money seller. in America. And so, so this this isn't really for us. All American this, Tom And Cruise. this really isn't for horror fans. Sure. And so I'm not ruling it out, but that's why I haven't watched it yet. Sure. Because I was kind of turned off from it. I didn't want to say that I assumed it would be bad. It's just I watch movies that I'm excited to watch. I wasn't excited by the end of that trailer. Um, but yeah, if, if the dark universe uh, continues to grow and they start to get my attention more and more, they'll get my money. I'm more excited about the franchise than I was this movie. I will say that because yeah. Hunchback and Phantom and and there's there's I think decent they just, movies. They on have list. to go darker. Yes, and when, and especially uh, when you're calling it dark universe. And uh, well, and but <laughs> the one in the '90s was darker than this. They're yeah, Wolf darker. and Dracula They're playing and it too much like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Very yeah. much. They're which, playing it too much like that. But. I Another just, film I wanted to like. And Van Helsing. But yeah, I just wanted yeah. to say, you know, like I hadn't watched it, but that's kind of why. Um, I, but I'm interested to see where it goes Vin, moving Vinny. forward. But I also think it's interesting to, to pay attention to big budget movies now and how some of these things are happening. And that's why it is so exciting because it's saying, well, maybe we don't have to keep going down that path. Yeah. Maybe, maybe well, we'll I, do some more of this because there's a reason Nicolas Cage has a career still. And it yeah. ain't because we're going to watch him. Yep. But, and so I worry that that's going to affect some of these properties that we're excited to go see when we go watch it. It's like this really is well, for it's, us. It's tearing it up. And 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 Benny did say, and and we do live in a time where if if they're smart, they do listen to the majority of the fan base. Yeah. Because I liked Annabelle, but man, there's a lot of wrong with it, and they listen. Same, and yeah. Annabelle two blew it out of the water. Yeah. And Ouija, which Same. really wasn't a great movie at all. Ouija awesome. two was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because they listened to what people's complaints and and fixed it and moved on. Yeah, very good point. So let's let's hope that's Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. The only reason I watched this is because I knew <laughs> this is going to sound like a dick move, but I knew Todd liked it, 
And I was like, our listeners deserve a fair and balanced thing, so I've got to watch it. Or at least so I can either agree, so I can either agree with him or say, well, before you need to hear two men's opinions on it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. So let's round table what's left. Um, somebody, I'm tired of talking. Somebody well, we don't have to go in, in depth on anything. We just mentioned titles. Yep. I mentioned one earlier. I wanted to mention again the Time Walker. Um, Screen Factory did a limited run of it. They tried a thing out about a year ago where they did a pressing, I think, of a thousand of like six films, and you had to buy it from their website. Um, it pissed a lot of people off, and as expected, they didn't sell out. That's why they only did the run of a thousand because they're pretty obscure movies. Um, I bought this one from them because it sounded cool. And what it is, is is it's not a straight mummy movie. We've got an alien involved, but it's a mummy. And basically, it's the same old kind of premise where we make the discovery, we bring it back home, we've pissed them off. Uh, but with this, take that and marry it to 80s college movie. And so the campus embraces it. They got mummy parties. And you've got this mummy going around because somebody took the jewel from it and gave it to his girlfriend. And then it keeps kind of moving around on campus and the mummy's going after him. And so you kind of have some of that traditional mummy okay. stalking. Fun. Um, and it's it's really not bad. It's got James Karen in it. I mean, it's not yeah. like a completely obscure pile of garbage. It's a pretty decent little movie. Uh, but it has uh, tonally just what we love in so many movies in the 80s party movie and kind of the, the youthful mm-hmm. uh, exuberance going on in every direction. So it's a fun one. It's not the easiest to watch, but I think Screen Factory still has it. So if you wanted to shell out the money, I think you could get it from their website directly. But it, it was one of the the more obscure ones that I actually love that I've watched in the last couple of years. That and a few others stand out. Because when we did this, I was like, I'm watching that again. Cool. But I didn't mention it because I, I figured it might be a pain in the ass for everybody to try and cover. Sure. Sure. Uh, I think a title that I think is, uh, and it, it's just one segment, but that tells on the dark side, the movie, which we've covered on an episode. Yeah. But I thought their, uh, the, the mummy with the story in that one was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, we've got to, we, we've got to mention Bubba Hotep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to throw this out there. It's going to be unpopular. Uh, I've watched this for the third time. I really want to like this film because I love Bruce Campbell. I love Ozzy Davis. I love Don Coscarelli. But after the third time, I've got to give up. I just, something about this movie doesn't click for me. And it's, I don't hate it. I don't hate it by any means. And it's got some laughs and a couple things I like about it. But this movie just doesn't do much for me. Um, It's too silly to be serious and too serious to be silly is, is kind of my impression of some of it. So, uh, I, again, I know it'll be unpopular, but what do you guys think of Bubba Hotel? Um, well, I mentioned on the side to you in this past week that uh, it's a it's written by Joe Lansdale, who doesn't translate the best to film. He is very celebrated in horror fiction, but there's not a lot of movies or anything that show cinematically uh, for him. And he, I mean, he gets out there. Yeah. And so with this, I, I don't hate it or love it. Uh, it's I think it's the mark of a good filmmaker. Uh, there's going to be ones that don't taste as good as the others because he's daring and, and it's bold and it tries some different things. It's it's uniquely bizarre. Um, I, I'm go- the only reason I didn't watch it for uh, in preparation for this one time, but also uh, because I'm going to try something that Rob Galuzzo mentioned uh, on Shockwaves where he did a double feature 
with his, one of his first movies, Coscarelli, that is, uh, Kenny and Company, okay. about friends around Halloween time. Okay. And did a double bill of it. So then you have these friendships kind of early in life and late in life. Okay. And so I'm actually saving it to watch those during Halloween season. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have a problem with not liking Bohotep. I, I think it's that's that's not an accessible film for just anybody. And it's it's weird enough to where it's just not gonna click for everybody. And it doesn't fully click for me either. Real quick for the listeners, if you haven't seen it, uh, Bruce Campbell plays an aged Elvis Presley who uh, faked his death and traded places with an Elvis Presley impersonator. Um, Ozzie Davis plays uh, a JFK who faked his death and dyed his skin black. And then uh, Bubba Hotep is a kind of redneck mummy who sucks people's souls through their butthole. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Joe. And, and it, it, t- it takes place in a nursing home. Yes. All right. Toddy. Um, I like the movie, but I, I think at times it can be forgettable. Because, yeah, cause like yeah. you said, it's it doesn't... It's I wish kind of, that there would have been a better friendship, like, in terms of spending way more time on just that. Well, I, they, they keep talking about a sequel, and I feel like if they, they made a sequel... Oh, with Nosferatu. Yeah, and it, it, it might Nosferatu, it might be there. a stronger film, but it kind of... Uh, I enjoy the movie, but, like, I don't... I can't think of the last time I rewatched it. It's kind of it's kind of one of those... I own it. It's just... It's a back burner. I movie. had fun watching yeah. it. Being, I'm an Elvis guy anyway. I enjoyed Can't watching tell. it, but uh, <laughs> it's not one that's an annual watch for me. I, honestly, it never really occurs to me. Man, I want to watch Bubba Hotep right. again. Let's all be honest here. We all wanted it to be more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't mean it's. I think a bad with, movie with the names connected, yeah. connected but... with the names in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, listeners, we'll cover it someday on an episode. But uh, if this film lets you down. Go purchase My Name is Bruce, and you can watch it every year and get everything you wanted this movie to be. Okay, last thing I'm going to throw out, Monster Squad. The Mummy was really cool in Monster Squad. It looked cool, but was disposed of real fast, and I love it. I hated how fast they killed it. Yeah, I was like, it looks awesome, don't do that. (laughs) Um, I want to throw out one real quick that I think might have been a lot of people's first exposure to this little subgenre, and that was Amazing Stories. Oh, oh yeah. wow! Yeah. I've heard about that one. Great. I heard. I thought you were going to say Goosebumps. Wow! I think that yeah, might still one. be on Netflix. I'm not sure. I watched it a couple years. But it wow! Was, it was a lot of fun, and I thought with its timing and our age, that might have been the first mummy per se for quite a few people. I've heard a lot of people like on well, before Shockwave, the most killer POV, say that that's their favorite mummy it's story. Awesome! Yeah, I do need to watch that. I mean, I mentioned earlier Waxwork, which kind of like Monster Squad is is a throwback, and we've talked about it before, too. Yep. Um, the Creeps. Man, The Creep. I forgot about The Creeps. Yeah. Have you have you guys seen The Creeps? No. They're Full cool. moon, and they, they shrink down in size. And they're little they're people. versions of all the classic monsters. <laughs> you say it's a full moon? Yeah, it's full moon. Is it Charles Band? Yeah. Good times. <laughs> Good times. All right. The only, I watched one other one. We only have to really talk about it other than just mentioning it. Uh, was Dawn of the Mummy. It's Italian. Um, oh, I read about this one. I checked that one out. It was okay. It's really more of Dawn <coughs> of the Dead than it is anything mummy. I mean, they're mummies, but it's it's more about an outbreak caused by, you know, people disrespecting the area. Uh, but that, that was really the only other one that I got in. Um, and then, like you guys have mentioned some with the uh, common Halloween stuff, Mad Monster Party. 
Uh-huh. Uh, that, I mean, that's really everything that I thought of or glanced at yeah. in preparation for this. There's one I watched, I think it came out late 90s, too, was Tales of the Mummy. And uh, it, it came out after the, the Frasier one. And it was darker in tone. I think it was straight to video. But it, but it was it was forgettable, to be honest. Nice. All right, Vinny, any more you want to mention? No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. All there, right. Like, honestly, though, think about how... I don't have an exact number of films with a mummy in them. Like, discovering King Tutankhamun in the 20s and the supposed curse that was sensationalized in the papers has spawned so many films about yeah. mummies from then until now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Shit that you would only find in a dollar bin to some really epic stuff like from Universal and Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right. Cool. Well, that, that was quite a marathon episode, guys. That's, that was. was an hour and 35. It's a long one for us. But uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun to cover. I think a good one, uh, too, that we didn't mention is Indiana Jones in the Temple of Poon. <laughs> Time to get going here, folks. Uh, this was the Midwest Monsters <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> been great to talk to you about mummy films go out and check some of them out uh i am one of your hosts grizzly Andrew, and i'm joined by professor wagstaff <laughs> hot toddy venomous benny remember folks stay scary Get in town, please.